friends, we are going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew this morning. And so, as we hear God's Word read and then proclaimed, um, let us first go to God in prayer. We do walk by faith, O God, and ask that your Spirit guide us as we do so. And so, Holy Spirit, be in this place. For if you are not then nothing else matters. And if you are, then nothing else matters. And let God's people together say, Amen. Amen. Hear now these two stories from the 12th chapter in the Gospel of Matthew. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. When the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Jesus said to them, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for him or his companions to eat, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priest in the temple breaks the Sabbath? And yet are guiltless. I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He left that place and entered their synagogue. A man was there with a withered hand, and they asked him, Is it lawful to cure on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? Jesus said to them, Suppose one of you has only one sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath. Would you not lay hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a human being than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And it was restored as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today we're approaching the subject of Sabbath. Rabbi Abraham Heschel calls the Sabbath a cathedral in time. He explains, on the seventh day, we experience in time what the tabernacle and the temple represented as spaces, which is eternal life, God in the complete creation. What a beautiful image, a cathedral in time. I picture cathedrals as large, vast spaces where it's dizzying almost to crane your neck to get a look at the domed ceiling. Cathedrals are beautiful and holy places that invite you in several ways to encounter the sacred within the profane. Maybe it's gazing at a painted mural or stained glass. Maybe it's that sweet smell of incense or listening to a Gregorian chant. It might be the taste of bread and drinking from the cup, or maybe it's the feel 
of that well-worn cover of the book of prayer in front of you. Cathedrals, synagogues, temples, churches, worship spaces are designed to be places for us to catch a glimpse of that which is both beyond us and right next to us at every moment. I've used the phrase in several outdoor weddings, the cathedral of earth and sky. Because those places where we do encounter God are not limited to buildings alone. As Heschel's image indicates, a cathedral can be any place in creation where we encounter the living God. Sabbath is meant to be that kind of place and that kind of experience. But I'll bet that's not what most of us think about when we think of Sabbath. When we read Genesis, we think about resting from a long and full week. When we read Exodus, we think about Sabbath means stopping that relentless grind of adulting and work. And when we read in Matthew of the Sabbath, we think about a sheep in the mud. We'll come back to Matthew later. To frame the Sabbath as both rest and stopping has really good biblical grounding. The word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word that means to stop. So in the Torah... Sabbath rule prohibited work. It was about stopping, stopping our own work for a time. We were also to stop making others work. Even animals got a break from their labor. Every seven years, the land was to get a break from producing. Where Sabbath is concerned, there is a strong economic command for the cessation of production. But we've ignored that big time. Instead of ceasing production for a time, we've managed to ramp it up. You know, even this smartwatch I wear... Shames me if I haven't done enough during the day. You can still do it, Heather. Just take a 29-minute walk. Or you're almost there. Just stand two more hours. How many of you also get these alerts? Tell me I'm not the, yep, I'm not the only one. Richard, I think, could preach a whole sermon next week. He's not going to, but he could on how we disregard the Sabbath of our neighbors, the poor, the underserved, how we continue to ride their backs, their production, how that goes against everything in the biblical witness that reminds us we belong to each other and every single person is precious in God's sight. No, I'm afraid we are not very good at keeping Sabbath as cessation. Who thinks we might be better at resting? Some of you. We should. We should rest on the Sabbath. Remember how our blue laws used to prohibit stores being open? I mean, you couldn't buy anything from chewing gum to alcohol 
Many of you remember that theaters, movie theaters, would be closed on Sunday. Now, now it's just Chick-fil-A. They stand out as the lone ranger of rest on Sabbath. Chick-fil-A and my personal favorite, Hatch. I wish all of us more rest. I really do. I think every single one of us could use more rest. We are overworked and overstimulated. We've gone from Sundays where close to everything was closed to 24-7 super centers in case you need yellow mustard nail clippers or a crock pot at 2 a.m. Let's go back to Rabbi Heschel's definition of Sabbath as a cathedral in time. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus isn't necessarily talking about Sabbath as a cessation of production, nor does he really address it as a day of rest from work. Rather, in both of the stories in Matthew's gospel, Jesus is doing things, good things. But the fact that he's doing things strikes a particular chord with the religious leaders. And I think this invites us to think of a third way of experiencing Sabbath, a reframing that might capture Rabbi Heschel's words. If Sabbath as a cathedral in time is also a place where we can meet God, then dare I say we need Sabbath for worship. We need space in time, in creation, in our lives to encounter the living God. Now, what I don't want you to hear me say is that we need more church. (laughs) I mean, how any of us inwardly groan at the thought of Sabbath as worship. How many of us squirm thinking, well, we have to sit in these semi-upright kind of cushy chairs and listen to you drone on and on all day? Is it just me that groans at the thought? It's okay. But worship is really meant to be more. By acknowledging that we need to have space to set things aside for the things of God, I mean, this is hard to come by in the slow as molasses car line, in the 138 unanswered emails in your inbox, in the I still need to cook dinner and go to that meeting. Those are the kind of lives that need to live into the truth that we need Sabbath worship so that God can work new life in us rather than our working ourselves to death. Sabbath is a time for stopping and resting, but also a time where God can work things like forgiveness. A time where God can work things like hope and healing through word, through sacrament, through being together. You know, when the Pharisees come at Jesus with their statement, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath, do you know what they sound like? Do you know who they sound like? They sound like a bunch of church people 
Uh-uh, Jesus, that's not how we do it. No, Lord, we have always done it this way. The Pharisees sound like us, like good-hearted church people who aren't quite getting the whole keeping Sabbath thing right. Standing right in front of them, saying things that sound so much like common sense. I mean, are they really testing Jesus on whether he should heal to God's glory this poor man's hand? Or are they, are we, so nervous and anxious trying to follow the rules that we miss the grace and the gift that Sabbath is for us? When we find ourselves saying we've always done it this way, we know we are in good company with those religious leaders. We know how scary it is to course correct when we've been doing something the same way for so long. There's nothing wrong with tradition, but if it causes us to constantly look back and never forward, well, then I'm afraid it becomes a roadblock. On Wednesday night at the pastor's midweek Bible study, Richard brought up how in the Jewish tradition there's a saying about building a fence around the Torah. This is so no one would transgress the law. This was done out of love. Okay? And in order... As the years pass, more fences apparently might have gotten put up, right? I mean, because quite frankly, it's easier to put up more fences than to step back and assess whether fences are needed at all. Wouldn't you agree? So when the Pharisees ask Jesus if it's okay to heal on the Sabbath, to do something good, it was because in their hearts the only way to keep that day sacred and to keep it holy was to fence it off. But Richard pointed out in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus seems to have his sights set on taking all the fences down. It's not that the religious authorities are wrong about their obedience to God. It's just they don't get a sense of Sabbath time. They think of Sabbath as only a day to rest, not a day to welcome the future. And what they can't see is that the future is actually the present. The Lord of the Sabbath is standing right in their midst which means there are no fences. In other words, their timing is off. They reject what God is doing in the name of what God has done. Sabbath is a cathedral in time. Sabbath is stopping. Sabbath is resting. And Sabbath is also worship. 
What Jesus does is expand our understanding of Sabbath. Sabbath becomes vast, large, encompassing all that we are and to experience the God that loves us so. Jesus takes down that fence around the Sabbath and invites all of us, church people, religious leaders, those of us with withered hearts and bodies, even the sheep stuck in the mud. We're all invited into a larger, bigger understanding of Sabbath and its gift to us. We get invited into Sabbath as a cathedral in time. In the name of the one who is always reinterpreting. Amen.